0: Welcome back to the show, Toronto. What would you do if you found out that, that uh, the province of Ontario was sitting on a resource that, if properly used, could decarbonize uh, the, the, the province, it could revolutionize transportation and heating, and we could lead the world into an energy-rich, non-carbon future. What would you do if if I said that that was a possibility? Well, our next guest, Peter Ottensmeyer, Professor Emeritus at the University of Toronto, has written a piece in the Toronto Star that says that Ontario can transform our nuclear, quote, waste into 5,000 years of non-carbon industry. To drill down and tell us what he means, we've got the author right here, uh, Peter Ottensmeyer. Professor, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for the uh, invitation, Ben. You know, scientists oft, often don't get asked because we're too tongue-tied. <laughs> well, you know, if, well, if we're not, then we're David Suzuki or uh, David Attenborough.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate your what you wrote, and I appreciate your time this morning. And I was trying to figure out the best way to explain it to people. Tell me if you think I'm off base. We... You know, we've been using nuclear power in in Ontario since about the 1960s, and the technology at the time was the technology at the time. So we would use uranium, which we depleted to a certain extent, that then became waste that we couldn't use anymore, but now with new technologies, what we used to consider waste could be turned into a valuable resource. Is that a fair way of of synthesizing what you wrote? Uh,
1: It is uh, to some extent, except that uh, uh, it turns out in the 1950s, we also... Uh, we already had that capability we just went in a different direction so
0: explain to me what what you
1: mean uh, well uh, the very first uh, type of nuclear reactor that created electricity was a type of reactor that could use all of the fuel uh, but uh, you know it was cooled with uh, liquid metal to get the energy out of it uh and uh, uh since the military was interested in this technology uh they wanted something that could go underwater in submarines and uh. so forth and uh, liquid metal really doesn't work that well gotcha uh, so- and so, and so uh they developed uh, water cooled reactors and so did we and everybody in the world then, uh, is now using water cooled reactors uh, and has almost forgotten that technology. So, so that tecno-
0: so that technology, uh, when brought from the 1950s into the 21st century, could take what we used to consider waste and mine it for a non-carbon energy future.
1: Absolutely.
0: And 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 ta- so so let's let's talk about what we're what we're working with here in the province of Ontario, because five thousand years of non-carbon energy, what? Explain the scope of that. How how much waste? How much waste? And I'll put that in air quotes. How much waste do we have, and how easily could we pivot to transform that waste into something valuable?
1: Okay, we've we've got uh, the order of sixty thousand tons of waste, which actually isn't very much in terms of volume, uh, but uh, we've extracted uh, you know forty years worth of electricity out of that and uh, we've only used 1% of the uranium in that material. This other reactor type can use the rest of it. Uh, so uh, immediately it's a uh, uh, 100 times more. It's actually 130 times wow. more uh, uh and so you take 40 years and multiply that by 130 and you're well over 5000
0: so it's it's incredible w- what would we be left with i mean a- as we know we used 1% of it and then uh, what we've been we've been digging holes for years uh deep deep into the ground trying to trying to deal with this waste what would we be left with if we used 100% of that uranium
1: uh you would be left with uh uranium atoms that are split into sp- two smaller atoms because uh, you know the splitting of the uranium uh, uh, creates the n- nuclear energy, uh, which basically is the two smaller atoms flying apart at great speed, uh, uh, and the kinetic energy of that is what's called nuclear energy. And, and can, that,
0: yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. C- can can you compare the uh, the danger of that version of nuclear waste to what we have been uh, dealing with for the past few decades? Uh, well, uh,
1: I would say it is definitely less because uh, these smaller atoms—they're—they're they're excited, uh, and uh, they give off little particles called radiation. But they do that uh, roughly uh, in about thirty years. Uh, and uh, you know, the Pickering used fuel that we have even right now only has two types of atoms left that are still radioactive of the smaller types, mm. but it uh, uh, also has larger atoms, larger than uranium that are created in the reactor, uh, which uh, last much, much longer in terms of their radioactivity. And those are the the long-term million-year problems. With these other reactors, you split those as well, and so you eliminate the long-term radioactive radiotoxicity.
0: I am speaking with Peter Ottensmeyer, the professor emeritus from the University of Toronto who's written a piece in the, sun, in the Star called How Ontario Can Transform Nuclear Waste into 5,000 Years of Non-Carbon Energy. Okay, so let, me, so let me just give a brief synopsis from what I understand. We've got a whole bunch of waste that can be, that can be transformed into fuel, that could fuel our, our, uh, the, the entire province for 5,000 years. What, we, what would be left would be far less harmful waste than we are currently treating as waste. Uh, and so m- the the dreamer in me says, let's get going on this right now, professor. The realist in me says, this must come at a cost. What would be the cost of pie in the sky turning this into something that could revolutionize life in Ontario?
1: Well, uh, uh we have an opportunity right now where basically the, uh, the last COP28, they said we have to triple our uh, uh, nuclear capacity. And so we have to build reactors. So we might as well build those types of reactors that can use all of the fuel. So in essence, whether you build the normal type of reactor or this type of reactor, eventually they cost the same. It would, and,
0: yeah. It would cost uh, the same. We don't have to mine anything. We don't have to transport. It's all here already. Uh, this is so. Has has there been? What's the, what's the state of this potential plan in the province of Ontario? Is this being taken seriously? Is it viewed as a fringe movement? Where are we on this?
1: Well, uh, New Brunswick has embraced this type of technology, and they're uh, uh, looking ahead. To having that type of reactor as part of their fleet, Ontario at the moment has gone uh, the normal route uh, uh, and building some uh, to build some small uh, modular reactors, which are normal reactors. They're perfectly good, except uh, they can't use this used fuel. Right, they just create more of it.
0: And if so, if, if if we decided, um, a professor, that this was something we want to do in Ontario, how long would it be for us to get? a significant portion of our nuclear power up and running on this model that you propose
1: well i would say in uh, uh anyway no matter which reactor you go it will take the order of 10 years and longer before uh these things are up and running Ten- so the one that that opg is looking at right now they expect to run in uh, uh 2028 for instance well, that, so it's, it's, it's a long time. Most well, it's a long
0: time, time. It's a long time unless you've been living with the uh, the construction at uh, Young and Saint Clair, uh, Young in Eglinton, In which case, it's not long at all. Professor, thank you very much. It's a tremendous piece. I hope a lot of people read it, and hopefully, we can we can push the powers that be to give it a good, serious look. Thank you very much, and have a great Saturday.
1: Thank you.